good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cup, Henny Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dega. And this portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have Rachel Dion Thunder on, and wow, that really rolls off my tongue. What a great name. Uh, newly married, and uh, welcome. And you are with the Indigenous Protector Movement, and I know we have an update that we want to get on right away and talk about. Welcome again uh, for being on Native Roots Radio. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Robert. Um, yes, I'm with the Indigenous Protector Movement. It's a new organization that Myself and others are starting based here out of South Minneapolis, but what I'm really coming on to talk to you all tonight is to kind of give you an update on some of the work that has been happening for Elder Leonard Peltier. Um, And some of you might have seen some of these announcements already on social media, but Indian Collective is co-hosting with Amnesty International a caravan to Washington, D.C. that'll start at the Jumping Bull Camp on September the 7th and then be here in Minneapolis on the 8th and then on to Chicago and Pittsburgh with a action in D.C. Um, on the 12th, on September the 12th, for Elder Paltier's 79th birthday. Um, And so our organization, the Indigenous Protector Movement, um, the Little Earth Protectors, AIM, and other organizations here in South Minneapolis are all pitching in together to host the caravan as they come through um, Minneapolis. So on the 8th, we will be hosting a community feast and rally at Theater Field, which is a Friday, so September the 8th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Um, There will be food, there will be speakers, we'll have a drum group, and there also would be a chance for individuals to join the caravan to Washington, D.C. There are large charter buses um, with bathrooms and TVs that you can hop onto. You're just a form that you have to fill out to be able to go. Um, all of your travel, your lodging, and food will be covered. Um, and so we're really just trying to encourage as many people to participate as possible. That's exciting uh, news. And, I, you know, Rachel, we get listeners all the time. Maybe we can just do a quick uh, over on uh, Leonard Peltier and all the years he's been in prison and wrongfully uh, so. If you could just give a quick overview on on, poor, on our, uh, Leonard Peltier. Yeah, of course. Leonard Peltier is the longest held indigenous political prisoner held by the United States government. Um, Leonard Peltier has been wrongly incarcerated and held as an indigenous political prisoner for nearly five decades. Um, And enough is enough. Um, A lot of organizations and prominent people over the years have come together and called for his clemency. He is actually coming up for parole um, in 2024. And so, as you know, Robert, we did the walk last year where we walked from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C. over a two and a half month period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And this year there's the caravan happening. And so we want to keep as much attention and political pressure and public pressure and eyes on the White House as we approach 2024 um, and this potential for a parole or even clemency from Biden. Exactly. And then uh, we're here with uh, Rachel Dion Thunder, and we're talking about, uh, and she's with Indigenous Protectors Movement. And Rachel, one more time before we let you go, how do people get involved and the dates again? 
So the caravan will begin on September the 7th in Jumping Bull, stop here in Minneapolis on the 8th, and then on to Chicago and Pittsburgh and into D.C. on September the 12th for an action there in Washington, D.C. from 12 to 2 p.m. And that'll be at the White House. If you want more information, you can go to Indian Collective's website, um, also to their social media pages and find these links. There's forms on there. There's a form you can fill out if you want to join the caravan. Well, really appreciate your work. And uh, we have not forgotten Leonard here on Native Ritz Radio. We have a bumper with his uh, with his voice we play almost daily. And then Haley ends the show, free Leonard Peltier every show. So we haven't forget- forgotten uh our brother uh, Leonard Peltier, and uh, he's 79 years old. He's mm-hmm. convicted of two murders that he did not uh, do, and there's no proof of it. And we need to get him out as soon as possible and bring him home. Yeah, it's uh, Robert. It's actually aiding and abetting. His charges are not That's actually right. for murder. It's for aiding and abetting when his two co-defendants were found not guilty. So who's he aiding and abetting himself? Right. And then we just talk about what happened with George Floyd and uh, the people that were aiding and abetting that murder only got two years. And he's been in for how long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, Rachel, I want—I know you're busy and uh, things are happening and it's 100 million degrees here in the Twin Cities. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you stopping by. Do you have any last, uh, any last words before we let you go? Um, I would say call the White House, write the White House, and never give up free Leonard Peltier. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you coming on, and maybe we can get an update, another update before uh, this action on the 7th. Thank you, Robert. All right. Have a great day. Wow. Um, Just amazing, Haley. Uh, Leonard Peltier has been in for so long. Um, He's 79 years old, and we need to to get him out uh and so this is great that it's still in the forefront and we're still talking about this you know uh Haley, there's uh things coming up maybe we should uh jump on real quick before we get uh uh the ba uh grandma on the show um in the next segment what do you what do we have cooking here around the twin cities and i know we're gonna have a special show and of course the state fair is coming uh what do you got for us Absolutely. Well, you know, today is Tuesday. We've got uh, NACDI, Native American Community Development Institute, down on the Cultural Corridor in Minneapolis, Franklin Avenue. They're going to be having their Four Sisters Farmers Market again this Thursday. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe that runs through October, and that is every Thursday from 11 to 3 at 1414 East Franklin Avenue. And while you're there, yeah, uh, check out the powwow grounds coffee get get yourself a coffee or a smoothie i know this thursday the high is looking to be i think it was 79 or maybe a high of 80 but uh definitely a lot cooler uh than it is today so <laughs> and and tomorrow and then again too just to blow our own horn haley uh we have our uh we have our booth at the State Fair at the West End Market, uh, Native Roots uh, Trading Post, our second year there, and really excited to see some people. We have some new products, some new swag, so come on down and check us out. And uh, also on Sunday uh, at the fair, Haley, we have uh, Native American Heritage Day there, and uh, that's pretty exciting. And uh, I guess we'll be talking more about that as we get closer to it. And we'll be broadcasting, I want to say this too, live at the State Fair on Thursday and Friday and maybe a couple other days depending on how we feel. But uh, definitely Thursday and Friday. And um, we're excited to be at the fair as always and feel blessed. And, you know, with the Native Roots Trading Post, we're fighting uh, appropriation one T-shirt at a time, Haley. Exactly. Yeah. Come out and see us at the fair West End Market. Come say hi and maybe get a shout out on air. <laughs> Haley will uh, interview you while I'm uh, drinking uh, orange juice and having a Prano pup. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right on. Hey, we got the BA a grandma on next uh, with an update. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, 
When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Attention, Native American community. We've come a long way in our fight against COVID-19. The emergency declaration may be over, but our responsibility to stay vigilant remains. It is crucial to remember that the virus is still among us, and we must continue to prioritize our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. Besides getting vaccinated, let's not forget the basics when we're around people who are still vulnerable to COVID-19. Wear your mask, wash your hands regularly, and take an at-home COVID-19 test if you have any symptoms. We've shown incredible strength and resilience throughout history, and we will triumph over this challenge as well. Let's honor our ancestors by taking care of one another and keeping our communities safe. Together, let's navigate uncertain times with courage and unity. Stay informed, stay safe, and remember that our actions today will shape a brighter future for our Native community. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line Extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system. I feel like a lot of times people, when they think about transit, it's like, well, it's a bus, it's a train, it's whatever. But it, it really isn't. It's a lifeline for many communities, and it feels like something that we really need here. Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Oh, you had a pause there. I was like getting a, hey, uh, what is it going to be? What's it going to be? Hey, we're here with uh, Jill Ferguson, a Line 5, a water protector. We have an update with Jill, uh, the BA grandma. We really appreciate coming on and giving us an update. A lot going on. Welcome. lot going on. Yeah, thank you so much for getting me on last minute like this. So yesterday I had a pretrial, um, and you know, it, 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 I gotta say the, the, the games that these, that these, um, uh, the judges, the, the entire system is playing is ridiculous. They disallow, you know, pertinent information, expert, you know, witness testimony. They'll, they'll call it irrelevant. Um, like we, we had presented two people that we wanted to be witnesses who, have been on the ground on line three with, you know, with Wadukawad Amakwig and know exactly the devastation that, that Enbridge has, um, has caused to the ecosystem in Minnesota. And we wanted to have them on as expert witnesses um, as to show, you know, we all know, you know, the indigenous people told us exactly what was going to happen if this pipeline went through to, you know, to this fragile ecosystem. And that's exactly what happened. So we wanted to present them to show that, you know, us water protectors were informed, you know, what was going to happen and if these went through. And it's why we took such drastic measures to try and stop this thing. So they don't want the juries to hear any of the truth. They don't want them to hear about the devastation uh, that they caused. They don't want them to hear about the four aquifer breaches. And so it's it's become a very, very unfair uh, this is not justice. I think I said last time as well, justice is only a concept in, in this country. Um, so at my trial yesterday, they disallowed both of those expert witnesses. Um, originally, like six, eight months ago, the judge had said he was going to allow me to use the necessity defense, which is an actual legal defense that the court has to approve you for, and you have to um, submit to rules to, to have that. Well, we, we met all the conditions to have that, but when the the attorney submitted all the proof and, and um, what they needed, you know, I think they, you know, the prosecutor, whoa, we can't let the jury hear that because then she's going to be found innocent. And mm. we're going to know, you know, why these people are water protectors and why they do what they do. 
So first the judge said he would allow it, and then he changed his mind after he got the eight-page uh, list of all the reasons that, that I was compelled to do what I did. So uh, yesterday it came down to that the prosecutor said um, her only witness was going to be Yoakum, the, the officer that, that brutalized me, and uh, and and. Perella, the, the the female Megan Perella, who who you know isn't isn't you know didn't do anything to hurt me. I, I have to say that I think she was I think she was appalled at at what Yoakum was doing to me. Hmm. Um, so so the prosecutor is just going to have um, Yoakum, and then since they were disallowing the two witnesses that I was going to call, so then it was just going to be me. Mm. I'm the only witness. So it was going to be me versus Yoakum again. You know, uh, nobody nobody to speak on behalf of me for me. So, um, you know, in the paperwork that the lawyer had to fill out, we had to do, say what my motive was. I had to define what my motive was. Hmm. And, you know, I consider myself a spiritual person. Um um, I, you know, I believe in a higher power. I believe in the creator. I believe that we are responsible for creation, all mm-hmm. of it, everything. And um, since we don't have rights of nature like we do for corporations, you know, it's up to us to to be the guardian and, and the caretaker and um, be good stewards for Mother Earth and the water and, and everything sacred. And mm-hmm. so I made that argument and I said, listen, this is this is. You know, under the Constitution, there is the uh, a clause, uh, freedom of religion clause that says if I take an action and I'm doing it out of my belief and my faith, and it doesn't matter what you call that faith. You know, every faith, no matter if you call it Christian, Muslim, uh, you know, wh- uh, whatever you call it, all the texts will tell you to, to protect creation, that that's a gift to us that, that we're responsible to honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, that's what I, I said. I have the right under the constitution to, to have a witness come in, um, who is, uh, um, I did a, I did a 22 day fast for, um, for climate justice with a, with a minister friend of mine. And he wrote a book called Jesus, what was it? Jesus would demand a green new deal. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to have him come in as a witness to say, yes, she's been an environmentalist for a long time. And this is, you, you know, these are some of the things that she's done. So uh, what this is, Robert and Haley, this mm-hmm. is very, very interesting. I did the research on it. So I present my case, why I did it, because I, because A, you know, my faith and my, my spiritual belief commands me to do that. I mean, if you're, you know, I grew up in a in, in a Christian household as a Lutheran and, you know, read the Bible cover to cover a couple times, you know, way back then. And from Genesis to Revelation throughout the entire Bible, it says that we are to, to protect um, to, to protect the environment. So I insisted on on that, uh, on being able to present that as as um, as my reason for doing it. Now, after I did all the research on it. What it shows is that so I make my case and, and what my belief is and, and why I was so compelled to do this at the headwaters of the Mississippi River. And so then it falls on the state to try and say, oh, well, she's not. And this is a sincere in her belief. We don't right. think she's sincere in that belief. And so it's up to them to, to try and make that case, which good luck, because I've got a good history of of showing that that's the case. Well, then when my lawyer looked further into it, as far as Mississippi, or Mississippi Minnesota law, the Minnesota law is even more um, stern on, on religious rights and religious freedom. And so she, you know, put in all the, the, the case law and everything to, to show that you cannot make someone a criminal and arrest them for, for exercising their, their, their faith, their belief. So that's what we got going on, and that's a great big new twist to this that neither the prosecutor or the judge thought was coming. I mean, they were prepared, and their you know the the instructions that they had made up for for the jury, um, the jury would have clearly had to come back with a guilty verdict, and then I would have you know been 
sentenced to, to, to jail, probation, whatever my punishment would be for, for my action. So mm-hmm. this really threw a monkey wrench into their plan because they were pretty confident they had me. So wow. this is very exciting, and I'm excited because it will help um, environmentalists going forward because, you know, uh, you know, I pretty, pretty much everyone believes that there's a creator, you know, who made all this, you know, created all this magnificence and, and that right. yes, we're responsible. Hey, so, I'm here. Just, let me just say this. I'm here with Jill Ferguson, line five water protector. And also I was, I was, I asked the station if I could say this, Badass grandma here giving us a report of what's happening. So we really appreciate you uh, bringing bringing this forward because, you know, we've been fighting line three for so many years. And then before that, it was Standing Rock. And now we're here uh, again in uh, Wisconsin and Michigan with line five. And uh, we really don't want to fall asleep. We want to stay awake. That's right. Yeah, we, we, we have to stay on top of this. And, um, you know, I've, I think you've seen some of the actions I've done in the last week to try and stop Line 5 and, and, and put the pressure on, on Evers to speak up. But he's silent. He's still silent. You know, no matter how many mm-hmm. times I go there with my bullhorn, say, calm down, Tony. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess he's, he's scared of old women. I don't know what his deal is, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to stop calling on him to, 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 to end end the silence is what it, end your silence, uh, Evers, and and come out and take a position on this. Well, Jill, so Jill, Jill slash badass grandma, I get to say that again. Give us a call to <laughs> ask them how we can support you and where where we can go, and uh, maybe a phone number to the governor's uh, office. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think he might have the links from last week that. Uh, Cheryl put in work because this is also going to be on Zoom. My trial is going to be on Zoom as well, which I was surprised to hear that. So um, if they can't make it in person, watch in Zoom so that, you know, the court needs to know, the judge needs to know, the prosecutors need to know that people mm-hmm. are paying attention. So, well, here's a call to action. Uh, Haley's got it on the screen here. Call the White House at 202-456-1111. Stop Demand stop, uh, stopping line five. Really, really appreciate this. Uh, any, any last, uh, uh, any last comments, Jill? Um, you know, just, uh, prayers up, tobacco down, whatever it's going to take to, to, for the judge and the jury to, to see the light and to, you know, these, these, these prosecutors, I was listening to a a zoom this morning with one of the cases in Aitken County. And this person Mm -hmm. has a felony charge and the prosecutor saliva or salvia or something like that lied and lied and lied and lied. And, you know, our, our attorney brought that up and the judge could see it. And, you know, wasn't giving information that that you know, our side needed. They've just really got it rigged against the water protectors and the and the activists, and that's just wrong. And people need to speak up about that. You need to call Keith Allison. Let's put that number up if you can find that, uh, Haley, because you know that's 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 his field, you know. And this shouldn't be all up to Embridge paying the sheriff department's eight point six million dollars to arrest us and, and get a thousand of us into the court as criminals. Exactly. Let thank you. you know. Yeah. Thank you so much for the update. Jill Ferguson, line five, line three, water protector, uh, advocate, uh, and badass grandma. I get to say it again. We'll thank be right you. back. We'll thank be right back much. after this. Thank yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. We'll be right back after this short break. Attention art enthusiasts, experience Laura Youngbird's Indie Wisigindam, My Heart Hurts, a solo exhibition by Laura Youngbird presented by All My Relations Arts this summer. All My Relations Arts aims to foster connections between contemporary American Indian artists, preceding generations, diverse audiences, and the vitality of the American Indian cultural corridor. Laura Youngbird is a talented artist from the Minnesota Chippewa Grand Portage Band that uses the dress as a metaphor to address social issues injustices, and biases. Through mixed media combining drawing, painting, and prints, Laura explores the dress as a powerful symbol in her work, revealing layers of meaning. Her series examines mixed emotions and themes like common threads, loose ends, and vulnerability. 
And you can see Laura Youngbird's Inde Wissigindam, My Heart Hurts, all summer through September 9th at All My Relations Arts in Minneapolis. Plan your visit and let the moving art speak to your heart. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. Affordable, healthy, and culturally appropriate food is accessible right in the heart of the American Indian Cultural Corridor at Four Sisters Farmer's Market. They embrace inclusivity and accessibility at Four Sisters, accepting SNAP and EBT benefits, market bucks, Gus Produce market bucks, cash, and cards. So enjoy the abundance of fresh food regardless of your payment method at Four Sisters Farmer's Market. Open Thursdays until October from 11 to 3 at 1414 East Franklin Avenue. More at NACD.org and tell them Native Roots Radio sent you. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest, most basic form of human activity. What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant heat and light from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors. And now it's easier to experience and enjoy. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke. Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. An excessive heat warning is in effect. Clear tonight with a low of 79, then more hot and humid conditions Wednesday with a high of 97. The Tungis Palette is a social enterprise business built with purpose and fortified with love. Discover the best peach cobbler in the world at Latungi's Palette, 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Visit the website at latungispalette.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Nakti's Four Sisters Farmers Market, which is open every Thursday on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis along the American Indian Cultural Corridor, and that is open from 11 to 3. They also accept cash card and EBT. Right on. Hey, we're here with Bob Blake, and we are here with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. Robert, I just got to uh, first welcome you on here, and uh, the the planet's burning up. I mean, it's 100 degrees yeah. here. It's a million degrees here, and uh, we have our brothers and sisters in Hawaii, we have things uh, too much rain in California, and when will when will people listen, and and when will this government really listen? Right, Robert. I mean, um, so Maui, uh, the Hawaiian Electric Company, right, um, is is now looking at lawsuits um, that are being um, filed against the uh, electric company out there. You know. Uh, Robert and um, and so you know what 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 this is basically is it's our jet stream um, that you know flows across uh, usually suppose it's supposed to flow across the middle of the 
country. <laughs> but right. unfortunately, because of heat coming from the ocean now, uh, because heat absorbs a lot of the uh, a lot of the heat that comes in from you know the sun, right? And so that is now throwing off our jet stream, and it's picking up all this moisture from places like Hawaii, and it's carrying it over into the United States area, and it's <clears throat> dropping down, you know, um, in these areas. So it's like carrying like big lakes, right? Wow. And that's where you that's where we're getting all this flooding from. So when you start seeing all this flooding, that's where that's coming from. And but but if you know, I, I think you've seen probably like we've all seen pictures of like droughts and you kind of see the cracks in the um you know in the in in kind of like the floor um you know wherever you're at. Um and and, and that's that moisture, right, that that's being sucked up mm-hmm. from um, the jet stream and that's and it's it's carrying across and it's 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 dumping it into these other areas and it's flooding them, and unfortunately this is what happened to Hawaii, and that's happening to Hawaii now, and 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 you know these and and because of the heat you know from global warming it's 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 causing you know the wires and you know the transformers to um, you know to overheat. And, and and this is why Robert, we've been talking about for the longest time, why distributed energy resources are so important because they 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 take the pressure off the grid, right? Yeah. So if you if you if you think of it like a checkerboard, and you think about pieces on the checkerboard that this is where we're going to produce energy, we're going to produce energy for that particular area, and then that's going to be distributed into these communities. Well, that's going to take pressure off the grid. And, you know, these electric lines and whatnot are not going to have to work so hard. And um, unfortunately, these things are now catching fire and uh, you have big fires now, like um, the one that's happening in in um, Hawaii. And of course, this happened in California. It happened in Oregon. We, we've been you know, this is just going to be a common, unfortunately, everyone, a common thing now until our communities and our our government officials you know, wake up to all this and say, okay, we need to push, start putting distributed energy resources in every community. We need right. to put solar, renewable energy, batteries. Uh, we need to start thinking about the future and it being more resilient and, 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 and abda- adapting to the ever changing climate. But here's the other thing, Robert, and mm-hmm. you can't, you, it's hard to place the blame, right? You know, because everyone, you know, we were we're listening to scientists that said that, you know, these things were going to be happening within the next hundred years. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is, you know, and and, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case, Robert. These things are happening now. And so, yeah. you know, uh, I think some of our smartest people have even, you know, admittedly admit that, you know, they've been wrong and, and that we have to start now. And so. Right. This is why it's so important now and why the Inflation Reduction Act and, you know, everything that happened, you know, this last year, um, you know, is so important because there's a lot of money that the government came down with for communities all across this country to start thinking about mitigate, you know, adaptation strategies and resiliency. Yeah. You know, and it's funny too, even little weird things like this, because it's so hot, Robert. I mean, I was coming uh, back from Wisconsin this afternoon and there's like two big grass fires. I mean, that's kind of just a a little teeny symptom of what's happening on a large scale across Turtle Island. Well, yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, you know, I, I, you know, I fought fire out in, um, West Missoula, Montana one year with Spirit mm-hmm. Lake Nation. And, you know, I, I kind of wasn't taking it really seriously until, mm-hmm. until like, I, literally I was sleeping in class. And then the guy said, okay, we had seven firefighters like die the night before. And I was Ooh. like, what? <laughs> like, right. what is going on? And they talked about how, like, you know, the, how fast the fire moves because it sucks up all the oxygen, Robert. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like you're standing there and you can't breathe. Like I could see you and I could look at each other, right? 
but we can't breathe because the oxygen is being sucked up by the fire. And mm-hmm. so, so what they teach you to do is they teach you to dig a hole, put your fire shield over you, and basically breathe through the ground. Now, they say that when you get out of there, um, your lungs are going to be full of dirt, but wow. you're going to live, you know. And so, you know, the, 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 these are the kinds of things that are, that are that, you know, I think that we need to start thinking about as far as like what is our how, – how are we going to build in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Are we going to build with kind of more resilient and more kind of, you know, materials that are going to be kind of, you know, less fire-prone, right? And, yeah. and, 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 and how are we going to go ahead and distribute these energy resources? Because, you know, our usage, our need for air conditioning is only going to get greater. And we know that air conditioners, you know, are a big contributor to greenhouse gases. So, you know, th- these are just, these are a lot of things that, you know, I think that we're, we're going to have to start planning and other states are going to have to start planning legislation like 100% clean energy, like the state of Minnesota just did. They're mm-hmm. going to have to probably think about getting putting together green banks, just like Minnesota just did. Yeah. They're going to have to do a lot of this legislation. And I'd really put together tribal energy advisory boards, just like the state of Minnesota just did. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, everyone, but everybody out there that's not, they need to be thinking about this and start preparing now. And I cannot stress how important that is. Well, just back up a second to what you were talking about when you were training to be a help with a, a fire. Uh, and you had some of these insights, it, it, we had, uh, you know, people not with that training jump into the ocean in Hawaii and were there for five hours because the fire was raging. We have 850 people that possibly are incinerated and they can't find them. Um, that's over a thousand people that perished because of maybe poor planning or whatever, but it was global warming wildfire with tremendous amounts of, of wind. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I tell people go outside right now and stick your hand out in front of the sun and let it sit there for a good minute. Okay. Now times that a thousand, that's what it feels like the fire being blown by you. Any mm. fireman who's listening right now could tell you that that's how hot it is, you know? And so you can't put yourself, you know, near those flames because, you know, it literally will melt the skin off of your body. That's mm-hmm. why people were jumping in the ocean. That's why people were jumping in the water to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling everyone, this is serious stuff. And, right. and, and, more, and especially with tribal nations, you know, we talk a lot about tribes, but tribes being out in rural areas, you know, and, and that us not giving a, getting enough water we're going to have to start thinking about how do we recycle the forest a lot sooner and quicker because they're going to become tinder boxes. And you see this problem currently happening in Canada right now, Robert. Right. And so that's why this is really, really important. And I stress the tribes right now, you're not, you're not on any little island. You're with the rest of us. This is, this is going to be happening. And we have to start Taking these, taking the stuff very seriously, and start renew going towards renewable energy. Training mm-hmm. our community members to be electricians, linemen, you know, right. because people will die in this heat, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and that's the scary thing, right? And so th- those are, and that's just a, many of the little things that we're gonna have to do. Well, it's amazing too. I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but. When it's cold, we have uh, wind coming from uh, Canada, and it's smoky, and the weather air is bad. When it's hot, it's so hot, and uh, we don't have the the bad air, so to speak. But it's hard to breathe breathe because it's so hot. Yeah, 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 and 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 and, and those are the other things too. Like we're going to just have these these serious extremes, and mm-hmm. and, and and we also know too. Robert, that in a warming planet, that that a planet is going to cook up different viruses. So think of our planet being an oven and it cooking up different types of microbes in that, you know, get into the the food chain supply. So this is, you know, this is what COVID-19 was about. You know what I mean? And so these type of things that that are happening currently and are being cooked up, you know, um, in the planet are going to be out into you know, the, the, the area. And, and that's why, 
you know, we need to start, you know, reducing our, our greenhouse gas emissions. We have the technology now to transition away from fossil fuels, right? And that's why this is so important for us to go to solar, to go to electric vehicles, um, storage. And so, you know, we need to do this now because, because if we don't and we continue down this path, Robert, we know that this is just we're just committing eco suicide. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Maybe uh, next segment we can talk about this a little bit. But uh, I know a few years ago, Robert, they put water on the uh, stock exchange. And then we had people here coming to our lakes from all over Turtle Island and trying to suck water out, uh, whether uh, for whatever reason, because they don't have water in their states. Yeah. Yeah. So this let's is, talk uh, a little bit about that, too, when we come back. At, hey, we're here with. Uh, Robert Blake, a solar bear with the solar news, and we're talking about, wow, what's happening here in the climate? And also, you know, we have call to action. Let's go solar. Let's get it going here. We'll be right back after this short break, Haley. Stay with us. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration, where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite, resilient as ever, and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's Fair Financial Banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a Fair Financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's Fair. FairFinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Hey, I'm here with Bob Blake, uh, the solar bear with the solar uh, news here. And we're, you know, we just howled, Bob, and um, I'm thinking... How are our relatives, our, our ones with hooves and tails and uh, wings, how are they dealing with this catastrophe going on around Turtle Island? Not just to mention really the hot weather here in Minnesota and uh, the upper Midwest and all over uh, Turtle Island, but just like the fires and uh, the water and, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, you know, Robert, unfortunately, you know, species, you know, uh, you know, uh, declining, you know, at, at, at an alarming rate, um, due to climate change, um, is, 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 you know, is, 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 is just so, you know, um, fast right now. Um, I think they said 42,100 species are at risk of extinction 
doing wow. due to climate species due to climate change um you know you know and then i think that when we think about that we we, we think about like you know like you said the animals and our, and our four-legged brothers and winged you know sisters and you know and and but like the plants and the trees you know right. that, that they're they're also going extinct too um because you know obviously because of the drought conditions and you know it, it it's just it this is something everyone that we have to act on like a you know, and and Robert, we've been talking about this. I want to say since the beginning we started the show, yeah. we've been talking about all this happening. And you know, unfortunately, even I thought that you know we had more time than than is currently being presented to us. You know what I mean? Um, right. Well, it's really amazing that uh, this is happening, and it's and it's happening quick, like you said, because we we're maybe 50 or you said a hundred years ahead of schedule now with, uh, uh, the, the climate change. I mean, remember just a week ago, what was happening in Alaska too, they had glaciers, uh, melting at a record rate and they were having tremendous amounts of, uh, water and river action happening, just pulling out of houses. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not, it's, it's just not here. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's, there's nowhere to. I'm sorry, people, but there's nowhere to run or hide from this. This is going to mm-hmm. happen, and um, you know, uh, you know the the um, you know when you look at the United States Army, you know, and Robert for the last ten years they have been preparing for this. They have been creating microgrids on their bases. They have been fortifying them, um, you know, to deal with climate change. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really makes you think to yourself, like, you know, what do those, <laughs> what do those guys know that we don't know, <laughs> you know, exactly. and, yeah. and, uh, but, you know, and, and when we were talking about, you know, like, you know, our water resources, you know, and people were, you know, giving, you know, the water protectors and, you know, people like Winona, you know, a hard time about, you know, protect, wanting to protect the water, you know, just just think about that. Like, I mean, you know, th- these water sources and aquifers are, you know, diminishing right in front of our eyes. I want to give you a quick. Uh, I want to give you a quick couple of statistics here. Um, you know, the Qual- the Colorado River supports right. 1.4 trillion of the U.S. economy. You know, 16 million jobs over on the western side of the United States, and. Um, 30 tribal nations. I mean, Jeez. 40 million people. It, it's it's ridiculous, Robert. And and this mm-hmm. thing is depleting at an alarming rate right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a it's a hard one. We have a lot of usually when you're on Bob, and we really always appreciate you coming on. We talk about some positive things happening all around Turtle Island with uh, renewables. But now we we talk today, and it's almost putting your finger on, on on a dike with a little hole and trying to stop things. It's 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 tremendous because I mean you know we're in a drought. I drive by the Mississippi River, and it's way way down. You know, um, not to mention lakes, but that's uh, that water goes through uh, a lot of different states and before it hits the ocean, and uh, that's got to affect them too. Yeah, absolutely. And and what they're saying now, Robert, too, is that like, you know, our snowpack, like the, you know, kind of like how we kind of replenish right. all of the like water and our like ground source, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for the trees. Right. And for all the, you know, for, for, for all the you know vegetation that we have, um, it, it, it currently is, is only going to get worse. So right. so meaning that, you know, we're going to have problems in the future with our food supply, you know, and mm-hmm. the Midwest is the breadbasket of the world. And so if, you know, imagine if we can't, you know, feed people now, we're going to have some big problems. So people always tell me, Oh, wow, Bob, you know, it's the heat and everything. That's, you know, all that. I said, no, 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 no. It's going to be the food supply first. <laughs> you know, that's what we have to worry about right there. So things like, things like, um, you know, putting solar, you know, along with our, um, with our, you know, with our farm systems, you know, we talk about, about, uh, agrovoltaics, you know, these are smart ways that we have to start doing this. And I just want to say that, you know, I got a friend over in Europe and he called me up one time, um, 
he and, and this is you know he's paying for this call international call to me robert but yeah. he was so excited because the eu green lighted like 13 like you know uh gigawatts of like agrovoltaics across europe hmm. so you know meaning that you know they realize that if they can't grow food for their people they're going to have problems so they they're building out this infrastructure of agrivoltaics so they can protect their crops. And I think this is just really smart policy and one that I think the United States and obviously I think the state of Minnesota is, 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 is also going to be looking into and doing themselves. Yeah, we got a, uh, this is not normal. And I think, uh, it's been unnormal for a long, long time. And, uh, it, it's uh, it's a little frightening, and it's a wake up call if you're watching any of the news or reading the papers. What's happening around Turtle Island, but also step outside if you're here in uh, Minnesota, where it's a hundred degrees right now at uh, you know four minutes to six uh, in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, pe- people uh, really need to really need to think about you know, um, please stay cool, hydrate, um, you know, try to try to you know, limit your trips, stay out of the sun, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's, let's, let's be conscientious of supporting candidates that are climate champions that are going to take uh, climate change seriously and put that at the top of their agenda, because everything about the environment is going to affect every part of city government, state government, and of course, federal government. So um, please, everyone, please vote for those climate champions that are running on behalf of the, on behalf of the environment. Absolutely. Hey, Bob, uh, we don't do this a lot and we're winding down here. Uh, shout out uh, your uh, websites and Facebook and so people can check on all the great work you're doing. You know, it, it's we, we feel privileged to have you on here because you've become a national spokesperson and speaker all over Turtle Island. And uh, it's great to have you on and um, really talk turkey about uh, – you know, positive solutions to what's happening. And today it's just a kind of a little bummer because it seems like everything's coming to a head, but, uh, could you do that for us, Bob? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Everyone, uh, www.solarbear.earth, www.nativesun.org. Um, check out both those websites and electricnation.info is the electric vehicle charging network, intertribal charging network, uh, website. And that's the solar news with the solar bear. Uh, Thank you so much, Robert Blake, Peeny Gigi. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and vote, 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 vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Now. <laughs> <laughs>